And at one point, I was living with my buddy Ryan, who's a uh, Mexican dude who I'd known since, like, junior high. Mm-hmm. And she, we, we had this, like, little one-bedroom we split in Anaheim, and she, you know, calls me one day, she's like, hey, I'm really, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really fucked, and I just need somewhere to go, so, like, can I come, uh, can I come stay with you guys? And Ryan, understandably, had a pretty, uh, pretty know-your-family-in-this-house policy, because, yeah. like, He's Mexican, and he, my stepdad's a Nazi, and my mom's not right. not a Nazi. So right. he's like, "Yeah, the hard pass." And I was like, I, "Look, I I can't do anything. It's a one bedroom. I split with him. Like, I can't kick him off the lease. I can't ask him to leave." And she's like, "Why did you? Oh, I, I'm gonna tell this story. I may have to have you cut it out." But okay. she's like, "Well, I could just call the Aryan Brotherhood, and he could just be gone." Yeah, I was like, well, that's my friend. And she's like, yeah, no, I get it. But, like, me and your brother need somewhere to stay. So, like, I'll just, you know, I'll call up Brad. And Brad will come, uh, you know, bring his gloves. And then Ryan will be nowhere. You don't have to know. You just go to work. And when you come back, uh, we'll live there now. Hey everybody, uh, welcome to Leaving the Tribe, uh, a podcast by people who are part of a, a group, a way of thinking, um, a, a structure, whatever you want to <laughs> call it, and decided to leave it, and about how they got there. Uh, this episode is with uh, my friend, one of my best friends, Keith Carey, uh, and it's a truly phenomenal episode. Um, please follow him. On social media at Keith Tells Jokes on Twitter and Instagram, uh, we talk we talk about a bunch of stuff. You'll just have to listen uh, to see what it is exactly. But it's 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 fucking great. Um, I want to give a, a quick quick shout out to uh, um, uh, the guy who helped w- uh, put the art together for this podcast. Uh, I I he he hit me up. He's like, "Hey, uh, do you want to help with your art?" And I go, "Yeah, that'd be great." And al- almost and very quickly, he was able to put together uh, the very cool design and gave me a bunch of options. It's uh, it's called Full Ninety Design. They're a small company that pr- they provide professional quality graphic and digital digital design as well as uh, brand consulting on an affordable budget. Um, and if you if you're interested, email Full Ninety Design at gmail dot com. Uh, I met this guy out in, in D.C., and he's, he's he's very good at what he does. Um, but uh, as always, follow follow me at uh, at at Goss Goss Six. I know that's a that's a hilarious uh, a hilarious plug for what is about to be. But this is this is both one of such a funny and such a a heartfelt episode. And I'm trying not to give too much away one because i want you to listen to the show and two because keith is right behind me as as i'm recording this intro because our roommates are asleep and i don't you know uh it's weird to be sentimental while your back is to a man uh so (laughs) i can't i can't i don't want to give too much uh uh vulnerability away um but fucking great up you know once again these are the episodes and why i wanted to do this this show um follow him follow uh the show on twitter and instagram at leaving tribe pod and did i did i want that to be the handle no i wanted leaving the tribe or tribe pod or anything with a, a, a full kind of phrase but that's what was available 
And uh, I'm uh, so give us a follow. Um, if this is up on iTunes, if you're listening on iTunes, leave an iTunes review. Uh, tell a friend if you enjoy the show and you think other people uh, you know would enjoy the show. Tell them. You know, um, that's how <laughs> that's how I get to get guests that I wouldn't normally be able to get. That's how I keep doing this. Is uh, you spread the word. And I appreciate all of you uh, for listening to this. And uh, once again, I can't tell you enough how how phenomenal this this episode with uh, Keith Carey, my co-host on my other podcast, Mean Boys Podcast. Um, and yeah, I guess there's not a ton 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 else to say other than this was this is a great episode, and you're gonna enjoy it. Thank you for listening. Here's the show. is definitely uh, everyone else's worry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's always, uh, yeah, the, checking the mic with me is, uh, so you want to play uh, uh, Sound Yahtzee. Yeah, no, let's play a game called Who's Yelling. Yeah. <laughs> it's been so funny seeing on the Mean Boys, like Discord, like the episodes where Connor's not there, like just the audio is always fucked. Yeah. And it's always my fault because I always try and run it. Right, I'm trying to. I, I, I should, I should try to get a little bit, a little bit better about that, that stuff. But, yeah, yeah, and same. I think just doing it more will help make us better at it. For sure. Because I've literally sure. only like run the recording like four times ever. Yeah. No. Uh, it's 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 all about practice. Yeah. 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 And hopefully this doesn't sound like a practice. Uh, we just got back from your fucking. <laughs> Your your show, yeah. uh, which was a lot of fun because you had a very drunk heckler. Dude, this fucking lady just went ape shit. Like, I cause I have this bit I'm working on about like uh, a billboard basically saying like if you have a baby you shouldn't get an abortion because uh, well I guess if you have a baby you definitely shouldn't get an abortion. <laughs> if you're pregnant you shouldn't get an abortion because your baby could cure cancer. And it's like a line that you say and then it's setting up for like a two hit like punchline right. right after. And I say that and she just goes, yes, he can. <laughs> like my fucking unborn theoretical child is Obama. She was very adamant that your baby specifically <laughs> could cure cancer. Well, first she said cure cancer and then she said my baby could save cancer. So I think she <laughs> loves cancer. <laughs> I think this lady is horny for cancer. Well, yeah, and then you change the subject. You were talking about like demons and shit. Yeah. And she goes. Your baby, he, like she just kept bringing. Him <laughs> I back. was like, it's not a fucking real baby. You were doing a bit about a, a fucking exorcism. It was like generally. And she was like, no, no, no. Talk about how your baby's a your your, your ball sack is a is a doctor generator. This is this, like it's a show in L.A. that I like, but it's like a very you know kind of like chilled out, like laid back energy L.A. show. Yeah. It's, and sometimes I struggle on those because I'm like, uh, you have this a little bit too. Right, yeah. I'm a very loud, very kind of momentum-based comic. Like, that's kind of just how I operate. Yeah. And so sometimes in these, like, quiet L.A. rooms, it's like somebody blessed me by teleporting a fucking Bakersfield heckler yeah. no, <laughs> into that room. And I was yeah. like, oh, God, this is perfect. This <laughs> makes me not have to think for fucking five minutes. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was pretty fun watching you deal with her. And yeah, she, it was pretty fun. She loved you. And oh, like, she was great. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think she knew. She she did not know there was a comedy show happening. No. And my favorite part, too, is watching the other comics on the show, who are all good comics, but slowly realize, oh, that's about to be our fucking problem. Yeah. <laughs> and as we were leaving, I heard her start being a problem again. Yeah. Well, you, you got off stage, and then she she was still, like, pointing at you. 
Yeah. I love you. <laughs> you. And this is not this is not some like white girl wasted. This is like a forty five. Like a middle aged like Lebanese Latino lady woman. or something. Yeah. 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 The funniest part too is I wasn't even doing that well. Like it was like she, a mediocre set. She, no, you were killing when you started interacting with her. Yeah, but but like up until that point I was like, I was doing fine and she acted like it was showtime at the Apollo out oh, of fucking yeah. nowhere. She 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 was oh. she was a fucking riot. On the off chance you're that lady and you're listening to this, uh thank you. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm sure that lady's listening. Oh, yeah, she seemed like a podcast enthusiast. Oh, yeah. she, she just likes getting sloshed to vodka and fucking, you know. <laughs> just screaming at her podcast. Tell me about Jesus. Uh, you're the voice in my head. Your baby's special. <laughs> you have a special baby in your wiener. <laughs> wiener specifically. Yeah, it lives in there. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's, just a whole baby. That's the future. That's the future is men will start popping babies out of their dicks. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Like seahorse style. Like we like raise the children inside of us. Then we just come babies. Yeah. No, that's going to make facials in porn really weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, that's, that's come not, on my face. The first, <laughs> look, it, 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 the, the man will carry the fetus okay. in all of the abortion green terms <laughs> and then just like just kind of like kidney stow it into a uterus. <laughs> you just don't know you're pregnant. You think you have to take a really bad piss. You piss out a baby. Dude, somebody somebody did that recently. Like, I went in for kidney stones and I, now it's a baby girl. <laughs> Was it a dude? It was a couple. Okay, well, I think only one of them had the baby. Yeah, but they both had the kidney stones. <laughs> <laughs> I got sympathy stones. <laughs> I got, yeah. <laughs> Total weird tangent that I promise we'll do this very serious podcast. No, it's supposed to be. No, I know, I, yeah. I know, but this, I promise you, is very stupid. Okay. But talking about this, I'm just imagining, like, a version of Avengers Endgame. <laughs> Where the Avengers show up and Thanos is like, oh, i got to stow these fucking stones. And he just eats them. <laughs> and then later he's got to piss out the Infinity Stone. <laughs> Ow, shit. How'd they get to my dick? <laughs> I like to imagine every time he's about to crown the Time Stone, it goes back in time and he has to do it over and over and over. <laughs> oh, like, mother, it's like when you like, have like a phone charger that won't quite charge, right? Yeah, like, what was it, Prometheus's rock? It fucking just oh, like, yeah, yeah. for all of time. He's just, yeah. Sisyphus. Sisyphus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Prometheus was... The Prometheus alien from uh, Kablam. <laughs> <laughs> Which one was Prometheus? What do you mean? What what Greek shit did he do? Uh, Prometheus, uh, he gave fire to humans. Oh, what a cuck. He was like he, he was like a god, and he taught humans like uh, like I guess the fire was of the gods, and he gave that to humanity, and the rest of the gods were pissed off, so they uh, they tied him to a tree, and crows ate him forever. Like crows oh. would eat his, I think it was like, they, it was something specific where they eat his liver and his eyes or some shit, and then every day they would grow back, and then the crows would come back and eat him again. You know, I think it's just great that someone's feeding the birds out there. I think that's, uh, <laughs> Brett will <Brett'll laughs> make him choke and die, and this man, this man yeah. understands bird diet. Man, how lucky are you if you're those birds? Yeah. Like, you think those crows are flying off to tell other crows, like, yo, we found the hookup. Dude, do you think, what do you, you know what would be really funny is, I, now I want a spinoff show from uh, Prometheus, uh-huh. where it's just the crows, and because they don't have to go around all day looking for food, they're just like, I don't know what the fuck to do with myself. <laughs> <laughs> they just get depressed and start killing themselves. Yeah, I, I went a totally no, different. <laughs> no purpose in life. I went a different direction and just pictured the crows from Dumbo. <laughs> I thought I'd seen everything till I seen a man die. Like... <laughs> <laughs> 
We'll split it. We'll split it down the middle. Just, just racist crows having an existential crisis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah. Oh Lord, I'm sad all day. <laughs> Dude, this is, this is going to be pretty awkward in the context of what we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I enjoy. It's fun to have a riff up top. It it, it breaks the tension. Oh, I agree. Yeah, yeah. It's so I, I have to acknowledge it just so it's acknowledged. Acknowledge it at all. It's so weird. Like I'm so me and you, we do me and boys together, and we we're do. like, and we're like best friends. Yeah. And like doing a podcast with you has a very specific thing. And that where it's like, okay, I'm gonna call you retarded, and you call me gay, and then Connor will come in and call us both fat and gay. Yeah, well, and then I know, but then I also have like real serious, like I probably have the most like in depth, like serious conversations with you of any person in my life. Yeah, yeah. And then, it's, but it feels weird to do a podcast where we're not doing like where we're doing that and not just doing like I don't know what if the fudge dork was the devil or whatever <laughs> shit we do. Well, I'd say there's like three or four people that maybe wanted want to do this show. Yeah. And uh, uh, you're one of the you're one of them. Uh, another Thanks, one. Man, another one was 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 Jace. <coughs> right. And we talked. You know, I mentioned on the podcast how we we went on this long road trip and talked about re- religious trauma and fucking weird right shit like that. Another one was you. Because I've, you know, and we've talked about this in great detail. How I distrust groups immensely. Yeah. The ima- we've had more fights. <laughs> about about like the concept of groups, right? Than most couples do in every fight in their entire relationship. It is a thing we in always like a thirty year span. We do always debate, and I feel like we've gotten closer to understanding each other's point yeah, of view on we, it to some extent. We fight about groups the way a, a, a husband and wife would fight if one cheated on the other. We <laughs> have had. We haven't gotten into a blowout in a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. And I feel like some of those blowouts were because we needed to have a fight about something else. Yeah. And, like, we needed to address other tension in our friendship, and we hadn't. Like, Most of the time, Because yeah. that was, like, like early friendship with us, we were in that weird place where neither of us wanted conflict, so instead we would just take weird, aggro shit into, like, other conversations sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Not, like, not like super often. I've had relatively little tension with you. Yeah, yeah. No, but there was definitely, there was also, there was also a period. I'm thinking of one in particular. <laughs> <laughs> Where it became a little too clear, a little too late. Like, oh, we're fighting about something now. <laughs> like, I thought we were just doing weird fucking white trash Play-Doh out here. Was this was this in New York? No, no, no. This was out on the back porch. Okay. We can talk about it off mic. Sure, 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 sure. I, sure. I don't want to pull up any spot. But sure. Yeah. yeah. No, that that's yeah, that's that's that that's fair. But yeah, no. Well, it's it's um. Yeah. No, you're you're one of the reasons I wanted to do this. It, it is it is weird. It's weird for me to talk like a human being to you on a podcast as well. You know? <laughs> it is, yeah. I feel like we put on our game face a lot when we do uh, podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's because we, you know, it's it's our it's our home field. We gotta defend it. But it's 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 nice to be able to just fucking uh, uh, talk to you. And yeah, yeah. Well, like like you know, like I said, we fought a lot about about you know the group shit. And right. It's like it's something that I've I've kind of like you've touched on very little on me, but like, how do I say this? You've had a batshit insane childhood. <laughs> You've had a Batman villain's childhood. Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> it will never stop being funny to me how many people I tell about like sort of what my life was, and they're like, "It's amazing you are not a bad guy." Yeah. Oh no, I've I've been one of wait, those people. Wait, and I that always makes me feel weird. Why? Not even weird. Like it's like I, I understand what they mean. Yeah. And, and it's coming from a very sweet place. I think there's part of it that's like, 
I don't know, bad shit happens to everybody, and you're either a good guy or a bad guy. Like For sure. And there are ways in which, like, my upbringing has made me a less good guy than I want to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? There are things that I consider, like, character flaws and behaviors I've done and sort of, like, patterns I've put myself in that are entirely you could tie back to shit from my childhood. Right, but I think everybody has that to a degree, mm-hmm. and you've taken it, I'd say, to, like, a human being level and right. not a, you know, a stray dog demon level, which is... <laughs> I mean, the bar is so low. Like, it's like if I'm not on heroin and or a Nazi, like, I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean you're killing it. Yeah, no, I'm crushing you're, the game. Yeah. I am definitely not on heroin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm also not a Nazi. But, yeah, yeah, well, it's... But, you're, but you're, you're, your stepdad was... Yeah, my uh, my stepdad was a Nazi. This dude, uh, my mom married when I was, gosh, I was I was young. I would have probably been like eight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was eight because I was living with my dad when I was seven, and then there was a whole custody battle, and my mom and the Nazi somehow got me back in a court of law. Wait, I didn't know. Okay, I didn't know that your your mom was already married to the Nazi when she won you back. Uh, you know what? I don't know if she was officially married to the together. Nazi, but they were together for a while. They might have been, like, technically... There was some weird shit where they were, like, technically married, I think, but not, like, married-ass married. Like, they were married on paper kind of thing. Gotcha. But, uh, but yeah, but, uh, so, yeah, when I, from when I was eight to when I was You about, know, the one place where the court will notice. <laughs> <laughs> from when I was eight to when I was about, uh, 16 is when, uh... When my mom was uh, with the Nazi, then he would pop back in periodically. But that was like, and of all, I've I've had a lot of stepdads and a lot of sort of like you know, people kind of rotating in and out of my life. But he was probably the longest running stepdad, right? The longest running father figure, uh-huh. I guess. Quote eight big old air quotes on that. Sure, sure. Uh, in my life, yeah. Uh, so you, you were eight. You were living in Seattle with your 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 birth dad, and then you move. Yeah. So so basically, I was living with my mom uh, when I was a kid. Uh, obviously, uh, like my, my dad lives in Seattle. My mom and my dad split up when I was like three. Like I was real little. Yeah. My mom moved to California. She kind of got strung out on drugs for a while. Um, and then at a certain point she, uh, like she was so fucked that my dad basically took me back. Right. Like I went up to visit and my dad was like, I'm not sending him back. This shit's fucked up. And I was up there for yeah. like a year. And then there was this whole like, uh, courtroom saga. She got sober for a little bit. She won custody back. I think my grandma paid for, like, an expensive lawyer for sure. her. Yeah, and then I ended up coming home, and then it got pretty bad pretty immediately again. That was that was my one of my first questions. How how quick how quick after you got to your mom's right. where shit went from? Because with your dad, for, tell me if I'm wrong, he was, he was a fairly, fairly normal guy. Yeah, my dad is a, he's a weird dude, but, like, not in, like, uh... Not in, he is not villainous weird. He's like way. eccentric. He, yeah, he has a lot of fucking lizards, and he's real into like, <laughs> and he's into like Captain Beefheart and shit. Right, but he's not right. fucking right. So when when you actually when you actually got to your back to your mom's, how quick before you go? Uh, something's weird, or did you not even well, notice? Well, here's you were a kid. here's what's weird is my mom, my mom sort of she spun it in a very specific way. To where she very much made my dad the bad guy and really uh-huh. planted the idea that I was kidnapped. You know what I mean? And that this was some grave thing. So for a couple of years after that, I was 
I was like, oh, thank God I came home. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I like I right. consider my dad the bad guy. And I was like, I want I'd be home with my mom. And I think it was like two years later when I remember being old enough to kind of like piece together everything. And I literally remember telling my mom, like, hey, I want to go live with my dad. And then yeah. having to have that awkward conversation. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's a weird feeling when your dad goes, no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that I could imagine. Yeah, and there be. were a lot of a lot of factors to that. Right. Not a, not a small one being my mom wasn't gonna let it happen. Like, yeah. yeah. And I could imagine. I, I could imagine he was at least slightly disheartened from how the full first thing went down. Yeah, I mean, me and him have talked about it in sort of like abstract kind of ways. Uh-huh. But I think neither of us are fully prepared to have the full conversation about it. Yeah, maybe maybe I'm just not, and maybe I'm projecting that onto him. Me and my dad don't really talk a lot, right? I don't know. It's weird. It's I I. This is a thing I trip out on a lot, and I wonder if you do too. I I'm not, I'm not saying this to be shitty, but I wonder if you maybe have a different relation to this because of the mental health stuff you've gone through, and you're sort uh-huh. of like the fact that you've left reality and come back a few times. Right. Like I always trip on the idea of like how reliable is the human memory, and like how much of what you remember actually happened the way you remember. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's pretty. Well, there's also there's al- there's also for me, it's just like what's interesting for me is the just the d- things I can't believe I don't remember. Right. No, you know, same. Yeah. You know, I mean, you were in Florida when my friend came to the show. Yeah. And she was telling me, like, do you remember that series of texts? I was like, what series of texts? It was like, well, you were texting me when you were you were having a psychotic break and you were like, my r- your, my room's on fire. <laughs> And then I texted you like, okay, is it on fire or is it uh, psychosis? I was like, I think it's psychosis. And she was like, well, why don't you shut your eyes? I go, that's how I know it's psychosis. It's still on fire when I close (laughs) my eyes. (laughs) (laughs) And you just had no memory of this. I didn't remember it at all. (laughs) Which is insane. I remember things being on fire. (laughs) <laughs> now I'm like, oh yeah. Now I kind of remember that phase. Right. I, yeah. There was like a the eight month phase where things would just be on fire randomly. Yeah. But yeah. So it's like, wow. If I can't even remember that. Yeah. How much do I remember of like that guy I was mad at six years ago? Right. Like, am I remembering it right? Was I actually the asshole? Yeah. And I think it's also. I think. And I think you know, uh, from different places, people also whether you're crazy or your parents are trying to, you know. Hold on to you or playing someone as a bag. It's yeah. also very. I hate using this term, but it's it's the best one for it. There's a lot of gaslighting that happens. Oh, a hundred percent. For I think both. You know, for I guess for it's a little unfair to say mine was gaslighting because mm. I think they would say anything to keep me from 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 reacting. To, to, Yours you know, was almost like medically advisable gaslighting. Like it was. Yeah, some of it was. Some not it not was, all of it, but like yeah. I could see the panic of like I don't know what do we say to him to make him stop. You know, punching himself in the fucking soul. Right, right. Where, well, yeah, no, and, and that thing is especially is compounded by like the fact that I was dealing with drug addicts, and drug addicts are great at fucking manipulating the story and sort of rewriting the narrative. They'll believe whatever they need to to keep the thing going. A hundred percent, and yeah. to make sure that they are not the bad guy, and that it yeah. is all outside forces. And oh, I wouldn't, I, I would have gotten to, you know pay my bill on time but this thing and this thing happened and the whole world's out to get me. right right you know which is th- which is honestly a mentality that i can find myself slipping into sometimes yeah the no, sort of the pity party can. kind of victim thing because i was sort of trained from that from youth like to be like oh that's 
yeah, the universe is out to get you, and everything that happens is an outside force and has nothing to do with your own actions. Right. No, it's very it's very easy. It, I mean, I do the same thing sometimes. It's been something I've been actively trying to be more vigilant about. Right. You know, uh, fighting against, and it's it's improved for me. But yeah, it's very easy to slip into that. Yeah, and you can end up rewriting your own your whole narrative, and then just kind of missing life on its own terms. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's that's. I'm trying to just like disconnect from my old narrative. If that makes sense, because all it does is really just confuse people. Right. You know, that's kind of like I have this podcast, and I'll talk about th- this kind of shit on this podcast. Right. Because I'm I'm doing it, and that's why I want very specific kinds of guests who've had <coughs> not the same, but kind of like the experience of being kind of relatably lost. Yeah, you know, what I and mean? just feeling completely like isolated and weirdly trapped in this like reality nobody will totally understand around. Right, you. right, and it, it seems foreign to most people. Yeah, and just the idea that the, the fact that there are people who have can relate to that the way like that that kind of made me maybe feel less it did make me feel less alone and you were, you yeah. were one of those people because you had fucking psycho childhood well likewise man we always talk about this that like we came from very very different levels of trauma but i think we sort of took a very similar trajectory out of them yeah yeah well it's similar and then similar in ways and not so so like similar in others and that's you know and, but i kind of want to get to that stuff later i'm just there's some people who maybe have never heard anything about about you it that's a fair kind of, point yeah 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 and i just like kind of kind of you know I, I, we don't have to get you have a zillion crazy stories no no have, we can talk about whatever you want yeah, i mean you know the stories i know the story you know what you want to talk about we you, can talk about whatever you yeah want. yeah you, you know you're you, the, not to not to bullet bullet point them but there's there's the there's the fun the head kick was you were trying to stop your mom yeah i tried to stop my mom from escaping the house while we were trying to detox her and she uh, roundhouse kicked me in the head yeah they were on drugs there's a fun classroom story oh yeah my mom <laughs> my mom has been addicted to everything and i fi- yeah i, I just want to i want to double back to a thing we were talking about absolutely real quick. absolutely just because like between my comedy and Mean Boys and, you know, even this stuff, like whenever I do like a serious interview podcast, right. I talk about this stuff a lot. And I guess it's just a thing I want to say sort of clearly and publicly. Like we're talking about like sort of wanting to escape your narrative and stuff. Sure. I love my mom now and like me and my mom are okay and my mom is sober and I forgive her for all this shit. Yeah, and that's a big thing I want to talk and about she, later. And, in and the she knows about too. this stuff, but sometimes I feel bad. Like I feel like because it is a weird thing where our career, we've chosen the thing where we do have to re-talk about and re-sort yeah. of relitigate our trauma over and over. Yeah. And I just want to make sure it's clear, like, I am, I wouldn't say over this shit, but, like... You're okay. I'm I'm not as angry as I was. And yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about that later, but I just... Yeah. I feel like I, I feel like it's, like, a weird disclaimer I have to put on stuff about no, my mom I now just because, like, I've talked about her so much on so many things. Yeah, no, I think but that's she a great disclaimer. I mean, what's, I've met her. Yeah, and, we what's, did a and what's weird is, you know, what's, you know what's so funny is... I, and I'm all over the place, so if I get on too many weird no, tangents, no, feel free it, oh, to... No, this is great, man. We were talking about, you know, I know the, the premise of the show is, like, leaving the tribe and sort of, like, leaving a group or whatever. Yeah. And I was thinking about it, because there's not really... I've been tangentially part of tribes, but, you know, I was I, like, I, I was religious for a little bit. I was, right. you know, I, would, I, I was around a certain type of person for a little bit, even, like, weird, you know less serious social things like i you know like i was a punk for a little bit i was a nerd for a little bit i've done yeah. all these kinds of things the one sort of like attachment to a a an ideology that i shook ever really was my mother 
Yeah. Like, that is the tribe I left is sort of my own family, weirdly. Right. Yeah. Well, no, and that's, I absolutely think that counts. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, I was thinking about it all day today when we were talking, we were going to record this. I'm like, I don't really, like, I don't have a good, I ran away from the Mormons story, you know what I mean, or anything like that. No, like, well, and that's the other thing you realize, like, most, uh, most, of, most of these stories, because I've talked to other, I've recorded a couple of these, and I've also just talked to people one on one who've expressed interest in doing the podcast or I've asked right in doing it. A lot of it is rooted uh in family, you know. Yeah. Whether it be, you know, um religious or ideological or you know, there, there's a zillion different things it could be. And one of the reasons I wanted you on, despite, you know, well, the, the biggest reason is just that we've talked about this kind of shit so much. A hundred percent, yeah. You know, uh, and uh, another reason is that, you know, uh, I, I don't want people to just think it's about religion. You right. were raised a very certain way. Yeah. And when you're raised the way, you usually follow the tendencies. Yeah. And there's on paper, you know, like people, you, people have told you, like, it's crazy. You ended up as good as you did. And it's it is mind blowing. You could very easily be on on drugs and yeah. beating your you know kids and fucking, you know, j- 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 jerking off on a socialist flag. I don't even know if that's a thing. <laughs> no. And that would be fun. I, I don't even I don't even know if that means you love socialism or hate it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great point, too. Yeah. But uh, no. And what's funny is that I feel like a lot of the people who say that to me are comedy people. And none of you are so fucked up. Well, (laughs) not even that. That's also a very good point. None of you knew me before comedy. Like, and Uh I was much closer to that. So, is I'm wrong? No, no, you're good. You're good. So, like, I, 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 there's a sort of lost period of my life where, like, I kind of like high school wrapped up. I'm an adult. I got a job or whatever. I dropped out of high school. I wasn't going to college. And I was sort of like, I'll just go be a fuck up. Like yeah. I, I had vague, creative ideas and that I wanted to be like a writer or an actor or something. Really a writer. That was kind of the only thing that made sense to me. But I was very much like, I will die when I'm 25. I was fucking getting drunk every night. I was, you know, fucking with pills. Like, I was a, I was a fucking mess. Right. Like, I very well, like, I have, I, I didn't go down the full path of what sort of my life could have been. But I definitely tiptoed down a little. With it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. We, I finger popped it, but I didn't, like, full on fuck. But. Right. I, uh. So it's like, you know, when people are like, oh, how did you not end up like a fuck up? The answer is, I did. I just got over it. Yeah. You know, which is I mean, everyone, everyone, fu- everyone fucks up to a degree. Right. You know, what I mean, it's it's it, you did. I fucked off for several years. Yeah, that's most. I would people say call I would, that college. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, it's true. I guess I guess I did. I was like 20 to 24. I'm like, I fucked up for four years. Yeah, I guess I have no concept of college as an entity because it was just never an option for me. Right. Right. Yeah. But yeah. You were you were I mean, what's what's interesting Here's one that's specifically interesting is you're you're like fairly woke, if that makes sense. I would say so. You know, like you say horrible things. Oh, mercy. Yes. But you wink and go, I'm I'm 100 percent kidding. Right. And whenever actually some serious shit goes down, you're the first person who goes, that's not OK. Hey, man, what the fuck? Like you're, you're, you're you you butt in there. Yeah. And, it you know, and that's a tricky space to occupy in comedy because it's like, you know, we've talked about this before with Mean Boys, but I do stand by this. I don't think that. Hateful people and offensive people should have the monopoly on offensive comedy. Yeah, no, and I, I, I always, I always repeat that to people, and I, I, I give, 
I, I give you credit for saying that. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that's, and, and, and I've talked to Connor about the same idea. Like, this is not no, a me I, exclusive I, thing, but it is an ideology I subscribe to. I completely agree. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. We, people, liberal people created offensive comedy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was the whole point. Yeah. And, and, and everything, everything's gotten so screwy. Everything's so confusing now. Yeah. Uh, but sorry, back to your point. So, like, I'm quote unquote woke. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you, 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 you are, and I, but I, you know what it is. I, I roll that because it's like it feels weird to be like I am. Not, you're not. You're not woke. You're progressive. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take. A, yeah, I'm woke, I'm. woke feels woke. It's like it's been overused to the point where I like woke is what people who pretend to be progressive say. Yeah, I'm. I'm a. I'm a liberal person, and I try to learn and grow with shit as it evolves socially, and try to understand. The experiences of groups of people that I'm not part of. Right. In and a way that I didn't used to, in a way that, you know, I and get. That, yeah. That's something you actively do. I always see you looking up different facts about different groups. You, like, you, you'll quote shit, and then we'll, I'll look it up, and I'll be like, oh, that that's accurate. You know, yeah. like, you stay on top of that shit. And what's interesting is, I mean, you have, like, you you have a, fuck, I don't want to, I want to repeat a line from your acting. No, good. You have a line in your act where you go, uh, you know, a lot of, I had, I had racist parents, and a lot of people, you know, it, it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck it up, you know. It, sure, they're racist, but I grew up Hasidic racist. Yeah, that's the line. Yeah, you yeah. Know, which is uh, one a hysterical line. <coughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's tr- it's true though. And what's funny is that that joke is slightly exaggerated. Sure. In that, my so my stepdad was a weird deal where he was a. So this is the line I was told, and then sort of as I found out, it was kind of bullshit. He was just like a like a burnout fuck up went to prison for like six years for armed robbery uh-huh. and supposedly that's where he kind of like joined up with nazis and like he got a big old fucking swazi tattooed on his stomach mm-hmm. and then he got out and he would always kind of be like ah, i'm not really a nazi anymore but then if you talk to him about any of it for 30 seconds dude was a nazi like right like profoundly right like the the n-word got thrown around a lot like yeah. you know it was the jews got blamed for shit like right. it was it was yeah i mean you know and my mom was never really that on like my mom is racist but my mom was never like a nazi she was just sort of you ever know those people who they date somebody and they just kind of take on a lot of the personality of the sure. yeah my mom was like that she was like the venom symbiote for love <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah i mean i was definitely surrounded by that kind of shit a lot growing up uh, yeah and those sort of ideologies and i also you know i grew up much again in orange county which is a very white place yeah very uh i mean there's a lot of mexican to it too and asian very unblack place yeah there's really there's there's a lot of middle eastern there's 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 a lot of everybody but black pretty much yeah pretty much yeah which is i never really thought about that it's it's the one group that's not in i mean yeah yeah there's there's reasons and i've looked into some but it's not worth getting yeah yeah, no it's but it's like yeah no it's it, it really does have everything but but black but it's it's uh it but it's incredibly segregated Oh yeah, and how even more so than L.A. Yeah, yeah where no, L.A. is <clears throat> like block by block. Yeah, but Orange it's County, city it's by like, city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know fucking Garden Grove. The Asians have Garden Grove in Westminster. The Mexicans have like Santa Ana and like yeah. Anaheim. Yeah, and the whites have all of South County. Yeah, and by the beach. Yeah, yeah. Buena the, Park the, is no the, man's the, land. Well, the Asian, you know, it, it, you know, Asians also have Irvine. Like it, it just like yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, but it is very much you can. It's some Game of Thrones shit. Yeah, well, it's it, it, even even like okay, so Garden Grove is typically like Vietnamese, yeah. and like Filipino, right? And then Irvine is more like Chinese, Japanese, Japanese, Korean, Japanese, 
history yeah. and feel like it's it's super. It's well, I think I think a lot of that is that Irvine and like sort of South Korea is a lot of like Asians who came over here to go to school and like to uh, get like jobs in the tech sector, right. like sort of like upwardly mobile, like young Asian people. Versus a lot of Garden Grove is like, you know, people, people who, who came over here after Vietnam. the war. Yeah. yeah, no, 100%. It's why you'll yeah. never find better donut shops in the world than in fucking oh, Garden it's, Grove, it's, California. Yeah, it's great. Because they all came over here after Nam and just opened donut shops because it was the cheapest business. Yeah. They fucking rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the first the first thing you remembered as a kid where you heard and you went, do you remember the first time you heard, like, someone in your house say something like, that's that, that sounds kind of fucking f- fucked in terms of, like... <laughs> Yeah, and you don't have to quote it uh, word for word. <coughs> no, or, no, 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 no. You know, I, uh, it, you know what's funny is it was just I talk about this a little bit in my act, but it is a thing that is, is like looking at shit from the outside. You think back on certain key moments, and you're like, "Well, that was fucking terrible." But when you're in the middle of a situation like that, you don't have a lot of frame of reference for what is normal sure so a lot of shit that i you know probably if you showed me a fucking tape recording of my childhood i'd be like well that's a problem that's a problem that's a problem <laughs> yeah but it just kind of turned into that white noise of like another day of being nine you know what i mean because <laughs> right because you don't know you don't really understand how wrong it is. i can remember one i can remember sort of the last big one more than the uh the first one if that makes sense sure not even the last but this is like sort of the one uh, I was uh, I was like 15, uh-huh. and I was stuck with my with my stepdad. And at this point, me and this dude, his name is Brian, just for the sake of not having to just keep saying my stepdad. Sure. Uh, and I'm stuck with Brian. I was living in Florida at the time because uh, uh-huh. we got we got white people rich because someone died with twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> so we bought a house in Florida. It was like during that big short era where they were just giving fucking white trash boats sure. and shit. Yeah. But uh, we were living in Florida, and my mom went out of town because her dad was dying. So I'm stuck with Brian. We hated each other. Yeah. And we went on this wacky adventure on a motorcycle where he was like, I'm going to take you down to downtown Disney. We're going to go see Kill Bill. I'm like, great. And instead, we went to downtown Disney. He dragged me to see Guar, which (laughs) what kills me is that in any other circumstance, I cannot tell you how happy I would have been to see fucking Guar. Uh I've never seen Guar. Oh, Guar is the great. It's it's Mean Boys, the band. It's just it's Carnock. It's just they're a metal band who wear like crazy costumes. They have puppets that shoot blood. A movie called Guar. (laughs) No, we went and saw the band Guar, and and I was a fucking dick about it. We got in a big fight, so we left like ten minutes in. But I remember we were driving a motorcycle out, and he's hammered drunk at this point. And I'm on the back. Yeah, it's pouring rain. It's fucking middle of Orlando. Jesus Christ. This Asian dude just kind of like pulls out in front of him. Not even like a cut him off thing. It was just the Asian guy's turn and he's driving back. And I just remember Brian just going, you four-eyed fish fucker. Jesus Christ. (laughs) And then I I don't, I remember this so specifically. I just went, whoa. And he just turns around and goes, no, because Asians fuck fish. And then keeps (laughs) driving. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> and I was like, that's not even an accurate stare. They eat a fish. Yeah. You know, maybe I'd buy that you thought they prayed to one, but like right. they fuck fish. <laughs> Are you thinking of Shrek? Because that <laughs> seems like it would do that. <laughs> <laughs> I broke down. That's so fucking fun. Four eyed fish fucker, man. Like, uh, which like that, but then uh, oh here's here's a fun uh, real fucked up one I remember I was uh, this when I was a little older I was like eighteen, and I uh, I sort of had like, kind of split from my mom, 
Yeah. Like, we, we weren't really speaking, but we would talk every once in a while, and she was doing real bad. She was kind of all spun out on meth and shit. Right. And at one point, I was living with my buddy Ryan, who's a uh, Mexican dude who I'd known since, like, junior high. Mm-hmm. And she, we, we had this, like, little one-bedroom we split in Anaheim, and she, you know, calls me one day, she's like, hey, I'm really, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really fucked, and I just need somewhere to go, so, like, can I come, uh, can I come stay with you guys? And Ryan, understandably, had a pretty, uh... Pretty know your family in this house policy because yeah. like he's Mexican and he, my stepdad's a Nazi and my mom's not right. not a Nazi so right. he's like yeah the hard pass and I was like I look I I can't do anything it's a one bedroom I split with him like I can't kick him off the lease I can't ask him to leave and she's like why did you, oh, I I'm gonna tell this story I may have to have you cut it out but okay. she's like well I could just call the Aryan Brotherhood and he could just be gone. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, well, that's my friend. And she's like, yeah, no, I get it. But, like, me and your brother need somewhere to stay. So, like, I'll just, you know, I'll call up Brad. And Brad will come, uh, you know, bring his gloves. And then Ryan will be nowhere. You don't have to know. You just go to work. And when you come back, uh, we'll live there now. Wow. Yeah. And I had to go to my buddy Ryan and be like, I tried to, like, slope it. I'm like, hey, man, how would you feel about moving out so my mom can move in? And he was understandably mad. (laughs) And then later I had to be like, just so you know, here was plan B. (laughs) And he's like, well, I'm calling the cops. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe I've never told you that story before. No, you haven't. I I can't believe. Yeah. Wow. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. Are you still are you you're still friends with this guy? With Ryan? Yeah, we uh we were really close for a while. We we became less close after I started doing comedy just because we got busy with our own it's, shit. But it's, it's yeah, no, yeah. It's, I still see him every once in a while. He's what a, he's a dude I like very much. Yeah, he might actually be listening because he's a Mean Boys listener. So oh, Ryan, yeah. sorry, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking. <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, that's that's. I have not heard that one. Yeah, that's the thing that happened. I've not heard that one. Did yeah. you? What did you? Do, how did how did you even respond? I I said don't kill my friend. <laughs> That's the thing I said. I was like, could you hang on? I'll figure it out. We'll get you a motel. <laughs> Dude, and to be fair, I don't think she would ever actually do that. Sure, sure, sure. But yeah. it was. I mean, she could have done it. She she called in the Aryan Death Squad one other time. Yeah, I told you about this. Yeah, I I know that. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, she she was dating some guy and she ran off like with Brian. Like after they were broken up, but they would still see each other sometimes. Sure. And all of a sudden it's like midnight, and she hated this guy she was dating. She like wanted him to move out, but he was homeless and a poker addict. So yeah. he was like, I'm gonna stay here. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I looked down at the a gate. Poker addict. <laughs> of all. <laughs> of all. At one point, she had to drive to Hawaiian Gardens to, I think, give somebody $1,000 so they wouldn't break this dude's thumbs. Like, yeah. it's insane. But I look down at the gate, and I just hear screaming, and I see my mom, Brian, and then a guy uh, who will remain unnamed who is uh, putting on the gloves of a murderer. <laughs> and I know this dude is the guy who kills people. Yeah. And they got in, and he tried to, like, get in to murder the guy, and I locked the door, and I called the cops, and it was a whole thing. But Right. Yeah. No, you, you have told me that yeah. story. Yeah. I mean, here I guess I guess I guess one of my questions when you're fucking you're you're seeing all this kinds of shit, right? You know, you're hearing you're hearing them, you're hearing all sorts of slurs. You're hearing you're, you're right. seeing you're you're you're, you're they're casual, you know, death threats. You know, right? Which are it's bad when 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 death is part of a moving plan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like all right, well first we'll kill your buddy and then we'll get the you all. Yes, but like. 
How much of it was actually Im- like you know? I and mean, we're talking about memory and stuff. How much of it did you actually like embrace, and how much of it was just like you said that white noise? Like how much of like the actual racial stuff that I embrace? Not embrace, but even like retain and able I to mean, process while it was happening. There were definitely chunks of it that like, you know, it, it it's so funny because I feel like I always kind of knew it was bullshit. Right. But there were like I, I was I was very much the kid for a long time where I was like, well, I don't think all black people are, you know, fucking drug addicts and murderers. Just a lot of them. But right. like, you know what I mean? I was sort of like. I guess woke for a scumbag. Right. That was a kid, and I had no. Yeah. And it's not like I had a black friend to be like, "Hey, what the fuck are you talking about?" Like, right. you know, they weren't around. Right. And like, you know, a lot of shit. Like, you know, I also was like, sort of, I like right around when I was like thirteen is when like you know, Bush one happened and like nine eleven happened and a lot of that sort of stuff. And my mom very much was trying to like sort of like politically influence me into like thinking the right was, you know, the way to go and the conservative was good. Like, she very much trained into me that, like, liberals are bad. I genuinely, I remember having this thought. I remember being like, I don't really know what any of this means exactly, but I know my mom doesn't like the blue ones. So, <laughs> I don't like blue. I You know, it's so, this is such a dumb thing. I remember the first sort of political fight me and my mom got in as I started to think John Kerry was an all right dude. Uh-huh. And it was 100%. Not a policy, not a speech he gave, not anything about him. It's that Green Day endorsed him. <laughs> so I was like, well, where Green Day goes, so must the nation. Right. Yeah. And that's why you like John Kerry, and that turned into yeah. a giant fight with you and your mom. Yeah, and that turned into a whole thing. I remember she tried to use some sort of weird pamphlet to convince me I actually loved George Bush. I forget how that worked exactly, but... Yeah, yeah. that's... Uh, that's. But, yeah, but that, was, but that was about, I mean, you know, like... And I think that's pretty par for the course for most kids is like, you know, you sort of get in your teenage years and you kind of like, you know, you either reject the ideology of your parents or you double down on it. Right. And sometimes you circle back, you know, and it. Sure. Yeah. And it's funny because it's as as I'm getting older, I wouldn't say I agree with any of the things that my mom thought in that way. You know, and I don't even think she agrees with a lot of the things she used to say or think. But there is a part of you that starts to understand how people get there. Yeah. Does that make sense? The, with all the misinformation. With the misinformation, with sort of like... The desperation that comes with being an adult when things aren't going well. Yeah. Well, and like, even like, you know, and we were, you know, we're talking about like sort of like these white power fucking morons and yeah. these type of people. And like, what's interesting is like, I, you know, poor, like, I, I knew a lot of kids in high school, too, who got drafted into, like, these fucking Nazi things. Like, OC right. is a big, you know, neo-Nazi place. Yeah. There are a lot of pockets of that. And you really look back and you do understand how they got there, where you're, you know, you're an economically not well-off person. I know Orange County is a very rich place, but I was not living in the rich places right. there, you there, know. It's, it, there's, 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 it's not 100% rich. Like, there's, there's a lot, there's a, there's weirdly a lot of diversity. Yeah. And all of the white diversity there is bad no matter what di- like <laughs> it's, it's it's the only place that showcases every bad kind of white person <laughs> that's a really fucking accurate within like a 40 mile stretch you will you will there's there's white trash there's neo nazis there's bougie newport yeah. people there's fucking Art people who can't make art out on Laguna Beach, like there's, right. there's fucking, there's every. It really is a microcosm of the worst white has to offer. Yes, but there is, a, but you know, I would see these kids kind of like get drafted into these same things. My mom would talk about where it's like, 
well, we're fucking poor and we're Americans and we should be getting ours. And yeah. these fucking, you know, Mexicans are getting theirs. And we're not getting ours and they're taking care of these fucking foreigners and da da da. And I guess I never embraced any of it. I always kind of knew to some extent on some moral level, even I couldn't articulate that that wasn't right or true. But I could never figure out. I, I couldn't argue with people's logic on that. You know what I mean? You just instinctively. I instinctively was like, well, I don't want to be a fucking Nazi. Like, I think there's right. an, I think there was enough popular culture telling me that I think Indiana Jones good Nazis bad was probably enough to fucking <laughs> right. drive that point home. Did they did they ever try to recruit you? Um, not in any like serious way. Like I said, my stepdad was not involved with any of the real like kind of organized. Right. Like hate groupy shit, at least as much as I know. It seemed more that he was, you know, the Nazis he hung out with were just his fucking shithead friends. Sure, and sure. I, I think it was similar situations where, like, they got into it because they were in prison. And I don't know, when you're in prison, you kind of you pick a fucking team. Yeah. Like, that's your deal. I did have, like, kids try to bring me to, like, fucking, like, you know, like, white power punk shows and shit and try and right, get me into, right. like, you know, this kind of uh, what you would now call alt righty shit. But at that point, it was just Nazi shit. Yeah. And it just, I, you know, I never, I never was like a huge like, well, Jeepers, I don't want no part. I was just like, eh, no thanks. I'm gonna hang out and listen to the Clash. Like it was just like, it just didn't appeal to you. It did, yeah. It didn't really do anything for me. I didn't really get it. It just was not something. I, I was also, I think I was partly helped from becoming a a white supremacist by the fact that I was cripplingly depressed. <laughs> so I was like, I would much rather think of new ways to kill myself. Yeah, it's interesting because being 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 poor, white, and depressed is their demographic. Hundred percent. I'm shocked. I, I, I honestly, if somebody would have tried a little harder, they could have probably got me. Yeah. Because I was a kid, I desperately wanted to be loved and to fit in somewhere, and I did not have, I had no concept of home or place or. I mean, I went to I went to seventeen different schools between kindergarten and dropping out of high school. Right, right. And on top of that, like I, we moved constantly. You yeah. know, stepdads were in and out. I always make the joke: my family has no last name. Like my my, <laughs> my core, like I'm you know my last name is Carrie. That's my dad's, and I have a family on that side. Yeah. But my core family unit, we have no last name. My mom has had like seven different last names. All my brothers have different last names than me. So I felt sort of feral from youth you know what i mean like i never felt connected to society or to the world in any meaningful way and i felt really fucking lonely because of that yeah a lot so i think you know when religion got to me i got hardcore into religion for a little bit right you know when you know i mentioned like you know like when i got into like the punk scene like i got hardcore into that for a little bit when yeah. i got into anything i got into i got really ham into for like a little while and then either i'd leave and i wouldn't be friends with the people i was friends with from it anymore or i would just feel isolated from it i just had a hard time locking in with a group you was it one of those things where you go you do a thing you go maybe this will fill fill the void yeah and then after a, you know, and you're, you're excited about it first, and the excitement's gone, and you go, oh, the void's still there. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, you know, you think you sort of think it's going to be the thing that fixes the problems. Right. And then, and then yeah, and then you realize you're the same guy, no matter, you know, what you're praying to, or what's on your fucking t-shirt, or who you're hanging out with, yeah. or <clears throat> any of that shit. It really doesn't fix the underlying issues, and, you know... 
I, I forget who I was talking to. I was talking to somebody about, like, you know, my life, and I was like, yeah, I was just depressed and shitty. And they're like, yeah, that is a totally normal reaction to the life you were living. Right. No, it, it is. It's completely fair. Right. I guess, uh, you know, so this is this is when you're going through these different phases of religion and punk, because basically it sounds like you, they, 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 they just did a bad job recruiting you. <laughs> yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. If somebody would have actively put in the muscle to fucking turn me into a Nazi, I would have probably been a Nazi for six months. Yeah, because that's what that's what they I mean, that's what they look. They look for people with. The void. Yeah. They well, look for people with depression, with anger, which maybe you just didn't come out. Were you an angry kid? I was, I always, I, I, I was just talking about somebody about this recently. I, I always kind of directed inward more than I directed Same outward. Here. Same here. I, I did have like more anger problems than I do now. It would flare out in weird ways. And I had, right. a, I had a lot of like, a lot of misplaced anger too. Sure. Like a lot of like. I had a lot of real ugly anger, like especially towards like women, like yeah. when I got a little older that I had to like spend a lot of years kind of working through and you know, sure, figuring sure. out. And I never, you know, never hit anybody or anything like that. But like just internally, like I felt a lot of like anger in weird directions before I could be like, no, you're angry at these people who hurt you and these people who fucked up your life. And right. Your shit right. Went. But um, but yeah, no, I was never I was never terribly angry. Maybe that's why that world kind of never really appealed to me. Yeah, because yeah. it's a very anger. It's anger a, well, yeah, it, it, it's a, it's an angry world, and it does seem like the sort of the overarching philosophy of white supremacy is we have been wronged or robbed of our birthright as white Americans, so let's go get ours. Right from insert group here. Sure. Whereas I feel like I always just was more of the uh, well, I have nothing because I was born with nothing and I deserve nothing. <laughs> like that was always kind of my read on right sort of life as a concept yeah and and uh yeah i i, I wonder i wonder if the, how much that had to do with it where it's just like well he doesn't seem to have the energy to yell <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> he seems do we too... need another fat guy on the squad <laughs> let the mexicans have him <laughs> Did you did you have friends in high school as a kid? Like, cause you're talking about always moving. You're talking about this chaotic home. I I didn't really. I it's funny because I mean like I, I would you know, pretty much every new school I would go to, I would end up finding the weird loner group. You know how at every school there's like, there's the cliques that make sense. There's like the D and D group, and there's the you know the kind of cool kid group, and there's the skater group. Like there's all these different sort of quadrants. Yeah, and there's always that one fucking junk drawer like table. <laughs> it's like the kids who hang out in the weird alley behind the school or like right. the stairs. Who they're are like, like a goth, a skater. Yeah, they're all one. The rejected f- lacrosse player. Yeah, they're one fucking. A vague talking shoe. Yeah, yes. they're one dork from every circle where right. it's just like, all right, well, there's the, the fucking kid whose braces made him look weird. And there's the fucking autistic one. And here's the the girl who's too fat to be emo, but too sad to be fat. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, I would always kind of gravitate towards that table. I mean, of people, you know, from growing up that I. I'm still friends with or like had any kind of long term friendship with. I don't think I really made any until like beginning of high school. Like yeah. I kind of started to have a couple people who I'm like, OK, like I can stay in touch a little bit because that's kind of also when like social media became a thing. Like I got I got lucky in that respect. Right. <clears throat> like I like I was in like freshman year of high school when Facebook like happened. Sure. But um. 
So, like, I would move, but I'd be like, okay, like, the three people I hung out with at the weirdo table, maybe I'll still talk to one of them every now and then. Right. But in general, I just, I, uh, for a long time, I was very much the quiet kid. I just didn't really want to fuck with anybody. I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to get close to anybody because I was like, ah, I'm going to be leaving anyway. I think yeah. so. I, like, I, you know, it's one of those things where, like, consciously, I don't know if I ever would have put it in those terms as a kid, but, like, subconsciously, I think that's what was happening. For sure. You know? And, uh, and yeah, I mean, that was hard because as I got older, I tried to actively, like, forge connections and relationships with these people and make friends and, like... You didn't have the muscle. I didn't, yeah. I didn't have the muscle, and then I would get furious when my life happened and I had to move again, you know? Right. Like, the longest I went to a school for was a year and a half. I went to the place where I went in freshman year. And I remember that was the first place where I felt comfortable enough, like, I'll be here next year, so I will stay and, like know these kids and like actually like try to give a shit about anybody and try to like i don't know invest in that this is also part of my life and then we left halfway through that year to move to fucking florida and i've never i that might be the angriest i've ever been in my life because i was just like we're throwing the only shred of normalcy i've really ever understood into a fucking dumpster so this Nazi can go to motorcycle school. That's why we moved to Florida. <laughs> and the funny thing, didn't even end up going to motorcycle school. Just went there and started cheating on my mom with amputees. That's a thing that happened in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a bit. Real story. No, I... I, I yeah, sorry, I, I feel like you. I spiraled way the fuck out from whatever the original question was. No, all, I mean, all of that... Uh, no, you're... That, that, that happens a lot on this podcast where... Yeah. Any story that ends with, so then he started cheating on my mom to fuck amputees <laughs> in Florida. Keith, I'm not mad at you for talking on the podcast. I know. I... You ended the story with, and then he started cheating on my mom with amputees in Florida. It's, 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 which sounds like a sadness mad lib. Can, so, I, can yeah, I tell you what yeah. the funniest part of the phrase cheated on my mom with amputees in Florida is? What? The S in amputees. Because <laughs> that means one was not enough. Yeah. Once you pop, the fun don't stop. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, if you pop off a leg, even better. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, it's weird. I don't know why I needed to know that information as a kid. Yeah, they my just mom gave you. me a real graphic rundown on some of the shit that it went. Seems like bad. both your mom and your stepdad just love telling you all of the details of everything. Yeah, boundaries not a not a thing we've had, which I think is part of part of how I ended up the way I did in some of the good ways. Uh huh. I think the fact that I sort of have like no like sort of like very little shame filter. In sure. terms of like should I'll say because I know it's funny, which has been great up. for me to watch that. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of shame and guilt and yeah. you're pretty shameless and guiltless. I well, that was I mean, and that was like a thing like sh shame in terms of like saying fucked up shit or like, you know, right, right, like right. leaning into being the bad guy in like a bit. You know sure. what I mean? It's like stuff like I think I got from. My mom and like, you know, to a lesser extent, I said that but really my mom. That's her whole thing. She'll just I mean, you've met her. So, you know how she operates. Oh, yeah. She don't like when she said like when she went on me, boys, and she's like, no, I just hate Mexicans. She knows what she's doing. You know what I mean? She yeah. knows she knows the way she's presenting it is. It's not funny that she thinks that, but it's funny the way she's presenting it. Yeah. The lack of awareness. Yeah, exactly. She, yeah. She presents it like it's a 
yeah. No, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, but I, guilt and shame are actually, like, things I weirdly felt internally so much that I think I sort of developed the, what we jokingly refer to in the house as the partylicious persona <laughs> as I got a little older to sort of compensate for. Yeah. Yeah, where I was like, if I'm this guy, I'm not ashamed of shit and, like, you know, embarrassed of shit. But secretly, I was ashamed and guilty. I've I've struggled with guilt my entire life. Everything right. that has ever happened bad around me, I somehow feel like is my fault. Sure. Even shit that definitively is not. Shit that happened when I wasn't technically alive, <laughs> I feel like is my fault. And part of that is that, you know, my mom would say crazy shit like, it is your fault that this all happened. Like, I mean, it is literally direct messaging I received. Right. But uh, but yeah, there was some part of me that was like, well, if I'm, you know, did you did you have the fat kid at school who would just eat whatever weird shit? Yes. Yeah, I was that kid. I believe it. Yeah, I was that kid where I'm like, well, I can either be the the sad boy who smells weird because his fucking laundry's not done. See, that was more me. <laughs> yeah, well, I was like, I can be that kid or I can be fucking the kid who's like, give me your pizza and I'll put it on my sandwich and I'll make a pizza sandwich. <laughs> You know, that like was peanut butter and jelly pizza sandwich. Yeah, you get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah you, you yeah. get what I'm about. Yeah. No, that I mean, that all that all makes sense. And then uh, so here's the era that I'm like, I know the least about with you because mm-hmm. there's a fucking. Yeah, there's a ton of ton of chaos as a kid. Right. And basically, you're saying the main reason you didn't end up more like that is you were too depressed and no one actively tried to. Yeah. Def- like it was just around you, but it was even the shit you were taught. It was taught so poorly you <laughs> you didn't have to retain it. Yeah, that... it was like being a civilian in Vietnam. I was just like, I'm gonna fucking keep my head down and just ride this shit out. Right. Yeah. yeah. But then after after you're done with high school, after I mean you drop out. I mean, you, you you drop. We're both dropouts. Yeah, I dropped out when I was uh, I was 18. Because I had a job, and I was like, eh, fuck this. Yeah, how quick did it take before you moved out? You know, and I, I know you talked about, you told the, the Ryan story earlier, but how quick did it take before you moved out of... Out your, of my mom's house? Yeah. Um, It was probably, I moved out when I was like 19, barely. Yeah? Yeah, like 19 in a couple months. So, uh, yeah, basically, you know, I was kind of living... Yeah, I was living with my mom. She was trying to get sober and sort of like off and on with it. She was dating a uh, <laughs> she was working at a homeless shelter at the time and she was dating her second bring home homeless guy. At one point, she cheated on one of the homeless guys with another homeless guy, which is <laughs> <laughs> objectively. You, I don't think you ever told me uh, that. At least they had all their limbs, man. Yeah. But <laughs> fucking. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, but I, you know, I was there for a while. And honestly, at this point, I was, this is probably the angriest and the shittiest of a person I ended up was sort of that 18, 19 range. Because I basically went into like, well, you know, my mom was making active efforts to try to fix her life. Right. And it wasn't working great, but she was doing her best. Little improvements. And I was angry and hateful. And the way I was like, well, you know what I'm going to do is I'm just going to fucking ride this for everything I can. I was living on the couch. I was living completely rent-free. I was eating all the food. I got the fattest I've ever gotten. I weighed 320 pounds. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I was working, but and then I got fired for, like, attendance stuff because I was showing up late because I was drunk all the time. And I was just a, a piece of shit. And Were you drinking with other people? 
Uh, yeah, I would drink. I would drink with other people. I would also drink alone sometimes, but it was mostly drinking with You're other people. You're mo- mostly going out and partying. Yeah, I would go fucking rage with like you know Disney kids party hard. And, yeah, and, like all my dumb shit. Like, ironically, the one squad of friends who I managed to stay friends with were church kids, and we all fucking went insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were all just like, "Well, God's gay. Let's get into Jägermeister." <laughs> like that was a thing we did at a certain point. But uh, I remember it, <laughs> this is a. Uh, Oh, I, I think I told the story on Mean Boys, but I'll tell it here, too. Uh, and this is a racial trigger warning. A word's going to get said. I was uh, I was arguing with that homeless guy, and the homeless guy had the audacity to be like, you're mooching off your mother, and you, you're taking her for a ride. And I'm like, aren't you a homeless guy she brought home? <laughs> but we're arguing at one point, and then he just goes, you know what you're doing? You're being a nigger. <laughs> and I was like, uh like I didn't know how to respond to that. And that night I packed like a bunch of my shit and I just left. And I remember walking down fucking Lincoln Boulevard in Anaheim and I'm just like, God damn it, I'm fucking I'm never going home again. I fucking hate these people. Wait, did he just call me the N-word? <laughs> Why'd he do that? And I it, 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 I always thought that was very funny. Yeah. No, that's a weird that's a weird decision he'd choose. Yeah. That word. Like and I get what he meant, but it was a weird way to phrase it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a that's a that's a that's the weirdest way you could possibly phrase it. I, I I'd say in that in that situation. Yeah. Um. But you were so you were you when did you when did you actually move? You said that's really. So like, yeah, no, I left. I left that. Oh, night. that was actually. That was when, the night I left. <laughs> wait, that was actually. The, I thought you were saying that like a dramatic. No, that was the night I left. I. I left. I went and stayed. I went and stayed at Ryan. Oh, it was. I remember it was the third of July. <laughs> that was the actual night. <laughs> it was the third of July because the next I went and stayed at Ryan's house. The next morning we woke up early. We got. I don't know why I remember this. We went to. It was when the Simpsons movie came out. So the Seven Elevens were Quickie Marts. Yeah. So we went and got a box of promotional Krusty O cereal. We <laughs> ate that at the Fourth of July parade in Huntington Beach. <laughs> and then, uh, I yeah, I panicked for a while. I went and stayed with a friend of mine for a few months, and then I. Uh, was just kind of bombing around. Then I got the place with Ryan, and then uh, kind of a string of like weird apartments and shit after that. But yeah, that was the night I left my mom's house. I realized that was that was the breaking point. Yeah, that was it. Because <laughs> you say that well, that, and, and that was also at the top of some escalation. There was one point, like I, I got uh, me and her got so passive aggressive. This is the same house where the roundhouse kick with the detoxing sure, happened. Yeah, so we were in a real fucking like hostile situation. I started just smoking in the house because I was just like, <laughs> "Fuck you, lady! What the fuck are you gonna do?" And at one point, we had these full wall windows, and she goes, "You fucking piece of shit, faggot!" And I'm like, "Whatever, chain smoking." And she just grabs a fucking a shoe. <laughs> And she whips the shoe at my head, and I just crav maga out of the way, and it shatters the full fucking second story window. (laughs) I look at the window, and I look at her, and she goes, fuck, that was dumb. And she just left for three days. (laughs) Every... I swear to God, every every story it just involves with, with. I feel like every story ends with just one, some either you, your mom, or your stepdad just going, "Well, fuck," and then yeah. just walking away. <laughs> it's it, it. I mean, I think that's yeah. The most of our stories, it is just we realize the futility of our own tiny rage. Yeah. So just, just getting furious, doing something to shoot ourselves in the dick, and going, "Well, we shouldn't have done that. Now what?" <laughs> what what did what did you what did you 
like, so you're, okay, you're, you're, at this point, you're 320 pounds. Correct. You're moving from place to place, occasionally kicking your friend out so your mom doesn't kill him. Right. You know, you're going, what changed? What changed in me? Yeah. Um, a lot of stuff. I mean, it got a little worse before it got better. How it, uh, much worse did it get? Well, so 330 I, pounds? No, I mean, I, I mean weight-wise, weight I kind of stuck it out around 320. I mean, I you know, I kind of just I, I spun gears for a while. I lived with a few Craigslist tweakers, and then I ended up uh, dating this girl, and I, uh, I moved in with her and her mom. It was a bad relationship, but I was in it for like three years. Uh, I mean, comedy generally helped. Yeah. Because comedy gave me some sort of... Comedy gave me the concept that I could do something of worth, even if it wasn't of monetary worth. Uh-huh. Because I really always kind of subscribed to the thing of, like, well, I'm never going to be anybody. I'm always going to be fucking poor white trash, and I'm always going to be a fuck-up. Right. And it gave me the ability to forge... Because we were talking about narratives earlier, and how you sort of, like, you were talking about shedding your narrative and trying to sort of, like, walk away from it. Right. It was a hard thing for me. It was hard for me to not let my entire life be defined by where I came from. It, it's... It, yeah, it's super hard, and then you get enough distance, and you're like, it's it's weird. Like, when you... Have you hit the point yet where... Mm. And sorry, I, I don't mean to cut you off. No, 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 please. I'm just curious. Have you hit the point yet where you go... Like, I, I can talk about that guy, but that guy is so far removed from me where it almost feels weird to yeah, talk no, about. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. It like, feel, I, I've just Some of these recently, stories even feel very strange where I'm like, oh, that feels like a fucking dream almost. Right. And it's like, well, like, you, me say, telling you these stories now almost feels like I'm misrepresenting myself. And it's like, I was a, I was a different person. Yeah, you feel. It's a that different weird, life. It's that weird. You feel like you're lying even though you're telling your own story. Yeah, we've bonded about talking. Talking about that it's feeling the strangest the thing, time. though. Yeah. And I think it's because as you get older, you always try to, like, look at things in the past and sort of, like, find different angles on them and different, like, shapes of them. So it's right. Like, but stories that happened to you when you were a child, you only remember them as a child's perception of what was going on. Right, right. Yeah, but, um... I was saying something, and then I got lost. You were talking about how it got worse before it got better. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we got in the, I got in this terrible relationship. I was feeling pretty miserable. I was pretty close to suicide at that point. Yeah. Um... And then, yeah, I mean, comedy helped a lot. I think some of it is just that I fucking... Some of it is just growing up. Like, I wish there was a more profound answer, but I think I just... It's it's always... This part's always a little bit muddled. I think this is also the part... These points in your life is the part where you stop... I feel like you need, your brain kind of shuts off a lot mm -hmm. in order to grow. Like, yeah. it, it almost needs to go... like. It goes half on autopilot. Like, it's weird to talk about like the actual process of your of your brain changing. If that makes sense, because people ask totally. me all the time too. Like, hey, how come you're not still trying to to, to, to stop 1970s killings from happening? And I'm like, yeah. oh, well, I don't. Soy? I don't like. I don't know. I, I would say I, I I would say this. I would say I can sort of track it to a couple specific moments. I think starting comedy. You know, it, it, it's very cliche, but it is true. It made me feel, you know, A, like I had something of worth to offer the world because I got lucky and that I was kind of good at it. Right. And B, it made me, I, you know, that sense of, like, family and community and, like, sort of, like, acceptance within a group, like, was there. 
Sure. In a way that I had never had from something else and definitely never from anything positive. Yeah, and it doesn't hurt that a lot of comedians are scumbags, too. That's they're, the thing. I was like, oh, you're less all... judgy about shit. Yeah, than... here's all these damaged people who are not terrified and who almost like, you know, I would tell other people like the stories from my past and stuff and they would they would like get sad, you know, yeah. and they would just get just like devastated about it, which fed into my own fucking self-pity party and all right. that shit. And then to be able to tell it to people and people are like, oh, my God, it's fucking hilarious. Like, that's insane. Yeah. like it's sad, but that's the funniest shit in the world that that right. happened. And I'm like, that is pretty fucking funny. And I will say, too, because I don't think every scene has this. I think it, every scene's a little bit different. The yeah. OC scene at that era loved personal dark material. I got inc- if I would have literally started comedy tw- or if I just lived 20 miles north or five years earlier or later, I don't think I... I don't know if I'd be alive. I definitely would not be where I am. Yeah, there was something very... Because I feel like I got... I was... I I feel like I was one of the last people in that era to start up before it started changing. Uh, Yeah, you... you, Like the... You know, we've... not to get too like inside baseball here, but right. we've talked about the sea change, and I think the door opened with you know, like you know, like I came through the door and I was like, okay, these are all the people who I'm like. Connor was one of them, and like yeah. uh, you know, all these sort of people, and then like you and Anna Valenzuela were the last two through the door. Right, right. And not that there's not still good comics there, but it was like a very specific they're, era. They're, yeah, they're they're newer. It's a different scene. It's not. It's it's different. And there's some very talented people that, but it was very. It's very. But I re- but really what it boils down to for, or boiled down to for me is like not even so much like the you know comedically there was a lot of value to that, but also personally just like. Going to Max Bloom's every Friday and being like, oh, or here are people who, like, I am learning how to connect with on a human level. Yeah. And I am learning how to. It was also a new group of people. It was sort of, I guess, what you feel when you go to college, you know, where I'm like, I get to decide what my identity here is. Sure. I get to decide who I am. And I honestly like, you know, I think there's sort of two pivots of growth to me because I think that was the first sort of escape out of just this dark, shitty trajectory I was in. And then about, you know, I would say two, three years into comedy, I will, I'm, I'm going to be vague here so as not to, but you'll know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I got, I panicked a little and I think this happens to a lot of comics and I, and I became kind of a dick and I became like sort of terrified of losing status in this sort of family I had found. And right. Like I wanted to be a cool kid and I fucked over a really good friend of mine uh-huh. in a really serious way. And I think once the sort of ramifications of how bad I had fucked up that very meaningful friendship became, right? that was sort of, and this is like, you know, four years ago. I'm like, okay, this is like where I need to really grow. I'm like, all right, you have, you are no longer sad boy Keith who is a victim of his fucking childhood. You are your own adult man now. Yeah. You have found your own life. You have chosen your own tribe. You have chosen where you are. You are now responsible for unfucking the person you are. Right. You know, and like, and it was that thing of, you know, we talk about filling the void with a thing and then realizing the void is still there. It was that moment of being like, okay, the, the, the ugly shit that is still in my heart that is left over from all that shit I went through is still here and I need to actively confront it or I'm just going to be the same kind of broken person. I would have been outside of comedy, but just I'm funny too. Yeah. You know, and that, that is a process that is harder to explain in detail because I fucking feel like I'm still doing it, you know? 
Yeah, no. I talked I, to people I knew when I started comedy who were like, you know, like, man, you were a fucking asshole. <laughs> and now <laughs> you're like a cool dude. And I'm like, man, you should have met me five years before that. I was an even shittier person. Right. You know, and I and I like that. I think that it, I think that, you know, if your life story can be measured in people who knew you five years ago, surprise, you're not as much of a dick as you were. You're moving forward in a good way. and You're becoming a better person. Yeah. I mean, even I've even I've I've I mean, I've told you I think I told you I think it was like the end of last year or maybe the middle of last year mm-hmm. where I was like, I feel like if if you like blew up as blew up. Right. You you would be you would be I think I think you would you would be you would be a little snappier at points you know oh 100 percent oh I'd go know. crazy you, if you, I got super famous you, you you'd be you'd be a dick sometimes but I think you you know but I think it would be like regular famous person level of of dick right I think if it happened a year before that mm-hmm. I think you would have burnt every bridge both <laughs> internally and externally and set your yeah. life on fire. <clears throat> oh, you're not wrong. Dude, I almost managed to do that with half a basic cable credit. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I am, do, you know, do you know how hard I almost ruined every personal connection in my life off a Snapchat premium appearance? <laughs> but but even that, like, I could, I mean, I don't know if it makes you feel better, but I can, I can, like, I can, I could see the growth in you and the little, right. like, little little th- and it's all it's all you know it's all like it's little things it's little yeah. actions it's little corrections it's the how the difference in you let little things go i think helps you when you when big things go wrong you became become a more level-headed person i think it does work that way where it's all about like there's a term i learned when i played hockey now yeah. is this the widest way to get into a point i'm making about the feudalism of life and dude, we're talking about it. Orange County hockey and our feelings. We filled out white people bingo, <laughs> <laughs> but like they're you know they it's it's not they're like don't worry about the big thing. Win the little battles. Yeah, there's nothing we can do unless you win the little. It's in it's in every sport. It's it's yeah. Win the extra inch. Win the and I see I see you fighting like in terms of just like like in terms of you know not. They're little things that you could oh you could gain an extra inch out of that but you don't because you'd be a little you'd be a little di- you know what I mean like you've yeah. done little things you're not looking used to when things were not going well you used to turn into like this weird raccoon that oh hundred percent you know you know and just and you don't do that as much anymore every once it takes a lot more for that part of you to come out yeah well and that's the thing like I, I I've sort of like figured out about myself recently because I looked at sort of some of the ways I've acted. What I've noticed is that, you know, in comedy, it's like I go a little crazy when things go well. Uh-huh. That's when I kind of go ape shit. Yeah. And I think part of it is because I, you know, growing up, I've everything I ever loved, I lost. And then I would right. try to love new things and then I would lose those things. Right. The concept of stability, the concept of anything existing tomorrow was a very foreign concept to me. I lived like have you ever had like a weird like have you ever had a weird pain that like sort of comes and goes? Yes. And you spend all day stressed out about when that pain's going to come like a toothache when I was younger. But but you understand the con- maybe yes. people, maybe yes. people, like I had a I had a rotted out tooth. 
and it would just hurt blinding pain, and then it would stop, and then it would start at random periods. Yeah. So it ruined the rest of my life because it was like, oh, I can't even, all I could do is think about, oh, God, is this going to be when the fucking tooth hurts? Right. And so, like, I think I sort of treat, like, I, I learned to treat any happiness as a time to be afraid. Right. Because I'm like, all right, at some point this is going to fucking catch on fire. So I think sometimes when good things happen, and this has also affected non-comedy things, like this has affected personal relationships, this has affected like you know my you know romantic situations, stuff like that. I freak out and I'm like, all right, well, how do I not fuck this up? I'm going to do. I don't care what I got to fuck over. I don't care what I got to do wrong. I just need to make sure that this lasts for another fucking day. And yeah. make sure nothing takes away what I got. And I think it took a long time for me to realize that that is. I, I experienced a very hardcore version of it very young, but at the end of the day, that is just how life works. It is a series yeah. of ebbs and flows, you know. Everything dies, everything. You get a whole bunch of new shit. Life constantly evolves. And being able to <clears throat> being able to just roll with that and let it carry me in a non-negative way because I think I was just rolling with the punches in a very downward spirally nihilistic way for a long time. Right. And to be able to sort of utilize that same muscle of like life's just going to happen, just fucking ride with it and do what you can, but in a positive way is a thing I'm still trying to kind of learn how to do. And I'm getting better at it, but it's hard. Uh, you, you know what I think? You know what I think the the from my experience, I think the the difference between Rolling with the punch is good and rolling with the punch is bad. Yeah. Is simply what are you working towards something while you're rolling with the punches? Exactly. You know, if you're rolling with the punches, but you're just kind of just rolling for rolling's sake, you're right. just getting hit a bunch. No, 100%. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, you, like, you, you could genuinely compare it to, you know, what I was doing before was just trying to walk face first into the ocean. And now I'm boogie boarding. Yeah. <laughs> Where I was like, I don't know exactly what I'm going to do, but I'm, I don't know. I got a thing to float on. I'm figuring it out. Right. But I'm going to fucking, I'm going to aim it at a wave, kind of. I'm going to aim it towards the shore, and we're going to see if I catch this thing. Yeah. 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 Does it? <laughs> and we've referenced boogie boarding. Complete white people bingo blackout. <laughs> Uh, all of Orange County grew; their heart grew two sizes <laughs> <laughs> on the completion of the of the bingo. It's uh, yeah, no, it's it's. It, I didn't realize. I thought I don't know why I thought you had like a group you felt like you belonged to before comedy. Not really. Not in any not in any meaningful way. I don't. I, I like I said, there were kind of groups I sort of fell in and out of, but I just never, nothing ever felt permanent. Right. Every everything was everything was bullshit because everything nothing lasted. Yeah. You know, it was you were there because you hadn't found the next thing yet. Yeah, and I was just like, well, this is around, and I'll fucking hang out by it until you know the the weird wave of my life pushes me away from it, and then I have to go somewhere else. Right. I think I just sort of like isolated from connection because the idea of connecting to people terrified me. Yeah, and you you connected you yeah. connected with was it the was it the feeling of loneliness that helped you get through that, or was it just you you fell you kind of just fell into being okay with connection, if that makes sense. You're talking about like try like learning how to like actually connect to people. Yeah, I think I think loneliness. I think that. I don't know. I just honestly, like, I, as soon as, like, 
you know, it takes a, it takes a long time to like. I think that if you sort of like have a more stable, you're in one place life, a less sort right. of transient life. I think you find your people a little easier. Sure. You know what I mean? You find the people that understand how you see shit or who like the same shit as you or who you become your sort of core group that you can kind of build off and you sort of like figure out, you know, socializing there. I think I had a hard time doing that for a long time. So when I finally found that group of people, I think I jumped real hard into it. Right. You know, and I think that I think that kind of helped. Like, I think I sort of went head first into it. And uh, I am totally losing track of what I'm saying. Sorry, it's been a long day. No, it's 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 fine. You were just it, you were saying that it took you. Yeah. When you found your. Group, yeah. Yeah. And, I, and yeah, I mean, dove it, in. and sort of what made me OK with doing it is, I, you know, it's like anything you're terrified of. You just, you, it's immersion therapy. You do it. And right. You're less scared of it. I mean, we've even talked about this with you with certain stuff you know in your oh life. yeah no it's 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 fun it, like i it, it's funny even even within because once we've we've talked so much about the idea of groups yeah. and i'm t- you know what it is is uh, the idea of groups is terrifying to me the idea of close acquaintances still pretty scary yeah i mean you're you're my business partner as well as <laughs> podcast co-host right and roommate best friends you know, and, 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 and I mean, uh, tell the listeners how hard it is to get a hold of me. <laughs> Dude, Tom has like 930 <laughs> unread text messages on his phone. It's fucking infuriating. But it is so, it is such an interesting dynamic in our friendship, though. Yeah. And, and is that like I feel like the reputation is I'm the easygoing, can talk to everybody, you know, fun boy party guy of the uh-huh. crew. And I feel like sometimes you and Connor don't. I, I don't mean this is a negative thing. No, all. sure. And I feel like part of it is that I am—I get weirdly nervous about articulating it. Uh-huh. But I feel like sometimes I'm like, I don't know how to explain how fucked and alone I was for so long. No, I, I, and I, and, and I hope that explains some of like how I, because I feel like sometimes you guys are like, well, you're just groovy all the time. I'm like, no, I went to work really hard to be groovy. <laughs> no, I, 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 I. I think I, you get it. It's I just get a, it. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's a thing that I've always thought is kind of funny about the dynamic that we all fell into. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think yeah. No, you have you have come from uh, you know, you've come from further, and I you know that is that is something that I I do I do I do remind myself is like yeah you 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 worked really hard to be in a position where you you're just like I just want to enjoy life now. Yeah. You know, uh, and yeah, I, I feel like so, I feel like sometimes you're and, and then this is some of the fights we've gotten in before about like philosophical stuff is that your internal pessimism runs up against what seems like almost naive optimism to me, like from me. Uh huh. You know, I think I think we uh, we I, I think we used to feel like we had very opposing worldviews. Right. And the reality is, I don't know if I'm that optimistic about life or the world in general. I'm just choosing to try to live a more optimistic life because yeah. I did the other thing for a while and it sucked ass. And that's kind of that's kind of what I mean. My my, you know, I. What's interesting is we came from very different. I feel like comedians they fill two different demographics. Where I mm-hmm. realize even just from the short duration where I've talked to people, either on the podcast or off the podcast, we're gonna do it is. Mm. I feel like comedians typically come from two different plays, places, right. uh, complete chaos, right, or uh, c- order to the point 
that is that that has no room. You're pretty much a vessel for other people, right? With how you, you know, and I think you're more the first one, and I was more raised the second one, yeah. and then it broke me into complete chaos. It, but it was it wasn't the chaos wasn't external. The chaos was internal. Right, but I I come from more of you know it was incredibly orderly and I was incredible you know it was, it was all about what I could do for other people instead with the with the Buddhism shit right. and then later the mental health shit where it was just like oh he's gone yeah. you know uh, so I feel like I have kind of I have different toes in both worlds that makes sense uh, but I definitely you know uh, and I think a lot of it a, a lot of it for me is just like. I couldn't get better until I acknowledge like all of this it and it sounds meaningless, but I was like, all of this is nothing, all of this is meaningless, mm-hmm. all of this has no inherent meaning or, or, or goodness or badness or, or real heart and soul. And then I got to that point and it released all of this pressure off of me. That makes a ton of sense though. I because I there was but from both from a lot of different angles, I was I was under a lot of I had a lot of pressure. I mean, a lot of different directions and a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And I I think it kind of broke me a little bit. Yeah. And I think once I was able to go, oh, all of this is bullshit. It it kind of relieves some of the pressure. Right. And then you go, okay, it is bullshit, but now I get to kind of put my own meaning on everything. Yeah. You know. Uh. And I think that's, you know, I, I I do kind of fall into, like, I think that's what, what pro, you know, proper, uh, I think nihilism executed correctly is all of this is nothing, but that's not a bad thing. This right. gives me room to breathe and discover and, you, you know, be an adventurous nihilist. Don't be, you, you know what I mean? Just yeah. because it, it's. It's all carbon and bullshit, but that doesn't mean that there, there isn't things to explore within the bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Nothing means anything, so go see which nothing is the coolest. Yeah, what bullshit kind of, you know, there's a lot of ways bullshit can be interesting. Yeah. Sometimes the bull eats a lot of corn. Sometimes it's been... It's, sorry. I, I hate this. <laughs> you know what it was? I got too sincere for too long with you, and I was like, I, I had to fall into Tom shtick. I know. I love it. I, I think we both have done that a couple times this episode. Yeah. We're no, like, oh, I got too real. Wackity schmackity do. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It's harder with you you and Connor. Yeah. To, to just kind of like have a conversation. Because even when we talk as friends, we do kind of throw in these kind of weird... All right, it's been it's been seven minutes. Got to throw in something about nine eleven, or else a hundred percent. Yeah, you know, but yeah, no, I mean it is it, it it yeah, that is really strange. I mean, it's a muscle. We've been doing this for years. Honestly, th- yeah, this is the this is the most opened up I've felt on a podcast. Oh really? Yeah, this is a this is good, man. I like it. You're, oh. you're actually good at this. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. That's it. Look, man. My my podcasting experience with you is is the fucking shoulder pants, McFucking McVan Dam Academy and shit. To the fact that you are also like a compelling interviewer and like emotionally disarming is 
No, I appreciate it. Not terribly it. surprising, but a little surprising being in it. I appreciate it. I appreciate yeah. it, man. I'm not, I'm not, I don't, yeah. <laughs> it was just, it was just fun. The actually was funny to me. That was, I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> no, I know, I'm fucking I'm you. throwing, yeah, I know you are. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, once again, we've had all those fucking long, long-ass discussions about right. shit around this. Yeah. You know, and I've, I think I've kind of told you why I feel a certain way. And, you know, it's also, you know, feeling that way and kind of trying to embrace that definitely does feel like jumping off an emotional cliff. Right. And it's being in free, it's being in free fall for a second. You know, whereas I'd say, I mean, you were raised where, and tell me if this is a misassessment, you were kind of raised where nothing had any meaning. There was only survival. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. And when we go, th- yeah, and then we go through waves. We're like, you know, oh, we we have a house for a little bit, and we're doing pretty good right now. But like, it's like, yeah, but we're not gonna like. <laughs> it's all gonna fucking fall to shit again. Yeah. It's what 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 do you what do you think? Like, if you were to talk to yourself now, mm. at that age, at like you know. Fifteen, yeah. You know, you get home from your 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 stepdad calling someone a, a a fish fucker, right? And you go to your room or you know a vague hole. I don't know where they had you sleep, but I, that we were actually in a house there. That was when we actually had a little bit of money. Yeah, my treasure. So I had a room. But what would you, I mean? What would you tell yourself? I don't know. I. I always struggle with this, like, I've been asked this kind of thing a few times, like, you know, this sort of, this rhetorical thing of, like, what would, you know, go back in time and talk to yourself, and I always struggle with it, because it's, like, part of me is, like, I, 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 I'm not saying I'm the perfect version of who I want to be right now, but I like the guy I am. Right. I like how everything ended up, all things considered. Yeah. And I'm, like, I don't know if I, I guess... You, it's not. It's, no, I know. I know the answer. It's we're just, not on some butterfly effect shit where no, you say the wrong thing. All no, of a sudden you're, you know, no, but I but I do believe in the theory that you learn from pain and you learn from mistakes and you. And that I maybe I needed to like. I owe a tremendous amount of as much of the shit I don't like about myself from my life that I owe to my past. I also owe a tremendous amount of the shit that I do like about myself sure. to that. Yeah. The fact that I'm adaptable to any situation, the yeah. fact that I don't judge people who come from, you know, fucked upbringings, the fact that the fact that I'm funny, I learned to be funny from my mom. I learned to be fast from my mom. I yeah. learned to not take people's shit from my mom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I learned I learned how to insult people from my mom, which is right. my most Profitable fucking skill set. Yeah, absolutely. I guess if I could tell my like myself as a kid anything, it would be like that. It would be that somebody, people, will love you, and you deserve that. And I think there's part of me that would tell myself that. My mom does, even though she doesn't know how to do it without being a fucking lunatic. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's the, 
that's the biggest thing I remember thinking didn't exist is that no one would ever love me and why would they bother? And uh, I don't think that would change a lot of the shit I had to go through. I don't think that would undo any of it, but I uh, I don't know. I didn't would have made it suck a little less. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, I'm. I mean, I'm happy you know that now. Yeah, me too. It took a really fucking long time. Yeah, no. it took longer than it should have, man. It. I still. I mean, that voice still exists in my fucking head constantly. Right. You know, and I've gotten better at knowing that it's bullshit, but it's it's still, it's hard, yeah. man. It's it's. And it's not, you know, it's not even like, I can't blame all of that on the way I was raised, you know, it's like my mom, my mom tried her best to like, you know, to make it clear that she loved me. I mean, it was just, you know, you're dealing with two people, you're dealing with a normal person and you're dealing with a fucking, you know, a bag of drugs with legs, like, (laughs) you know, it's fucking, it's, it's two different things, but that's just the thing I, it, it took me like a like decades to accept the fact that I was a human being worthy of love and that was was there something that happened that helped you realize that or I um sorry I don't I'm trying to think of like a specific I mean if if there isn't one that's okay no so I mean it's you know it's it, it's much like the you know the when did you when did your brain change thing it's a gradual process it took yeah. a it took a long time for me to love myself or to even like myself yeah and to not you know beat myself up over shit i didn't do and beat myself up over shit i did do wrong you know what i mean and to not to not like think that i was stuck being in the worst version of myself yeah and you know just the worst parts of me um jay said something on the the first episode mm-hmm. and he quoted i think it was hemingway okay and the the quote the hemingway quote was and he, he was talking about a different thing but uh i guess hemingway quote is something along the lines of falling in love it happens very very slowly little by little and then all the sudden at once yeah and i don't know if that's accurate for what no, and that makes a that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does, and I mean, I you know, I looked for that approval and that validation, and you know, real weird, shitty places, and from weird, shitty people who were bad to me, and it just took a long time for me to. <laughs> you know what's funny? What I've told this story on Mean Boys before, but it's. It's one of the uh, it's one of the biggest sort of I guess like turning moments because you know like I said comedy kind of like <clears throat> comedy sort of created this av- this sort of like avenue where I'm like okay I feel accepted by a group of people yeah and I feel like you know like liked and like relatively Some value yeah, yeah yeah and I was also like when I started comedy I was in this terrible relationship and that ended mm-hmm. and I uh, <laughs> and I and I. I broke my ankle uh, uh-huh. wrestling at my friend's house. And I remember fucking, I, 
I was I, I had a shattered ankle. Yeah. I had not gone and sought medical attention. Right. So I'm just laying on my mom's couch, just like, well, I can't walk or anything. And I literally was like, well, someone take me to the hospital. I put it on Facebook, not thinking anyone would actually do it because who could possibly give a shit. And fucking Connor, <laughs> of all, who I was not friends with at this point, really. We had yeah. spoken like five or six times. I was like, yeah, man, I'll take give you a ride. And like was was the first person in comedy and really in the sort of like the second half of my life who was like really kind to me for no ulterior reason and outside of like this is not cool like i put on my comedy guy persona to go be outside this is i'm wearing sweatpants my fucking ankle's broken yeah i, I don't you know and that uh like that meant that meant a lot like that you know be, and then, you know, shit like that would happen more and more. Like, you make these friends who you slowly start to realize, like, oh, this is, no, we're not just coworkers yeah. in this weird art thing. Like, people are just like, you know, it's, it's, it, it's no one, it's like, you, you know, I almost like your friend said, it's like your friend Ernest Hemingway said. <laughs> it's, like, it's like your boy E Dog said. It is. Like, it's a, it's, it's a million tiny things. And when you, I, I think that, it is the the cumulative effect of a million little examples of that the world does not have to be cruel and hurtful and hateful and empty. Yeah. And even if it is, all the people in it aren't. And not everybody thinks you're bullshit or is going to hurt you. Right. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, shit, dude. I fucking what is this bullshit where you're making me feel shit? That's <laughs> what did you want to happen to here? <laughs> you I don't know. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> Sorry, man, I got all feelings. No, no, it's I, well, I did, 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 yeah, I, I had to I had to break the tension because it was a, it was a, I mean, all that was, a, I mean, yeah, thank thank you for all of that. Yeah, man. yeah, I'm glad. So do I do my plugs now? <laughs> Excited to do the plugs, <laughs> plugging it up. <laughs> you can catch me in an upcoming court settlement against Ramsey Badawi <laughs> and the California Tax Board. Fuck, dude. Yeah, man. I I don't know. You, uh, there, I will have. You know, I I I do plan on having return guests at at, at points. Uh. And I feel like me and you can talk about this for, I mean, we're going to be talking about shit like this probably for most of our lives. Yeah. You know, that just, this kind Isn't of that a weird thought? Like, just as a closing thing that, like, the idea of, like, people that I will just know for the rest of my life is such a weird foreign concept to me. It's very weird. And I'm just now making peace with, like. Oh, I'm going to fucking, yeah, I'm going to know you until one of us is dead. Yeah. I'm going to know Connor until one of us is dead. I'm going to know, even like my girlfriend until one of us, you know what I mean? Like, right. I'm going to know these people now that I'm around. Like, like n no one can take my life away from me now. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's at once a very cool feeling and a very overwhelming kind of terrifying thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, I completely get that. As someone who, uh. What I'm saying is, no, I will not do the podcast again. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you came on once. Yeah, and, man. And uh, yeah, this was really great, man. I, 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 I thank you for doing it. Uh, I don't know why before the show you were like, I don't know if I really fit into 
the show what the show is i'm like yeah you fit in you, you it's literally you 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 kind of help design it <laughs> yeah but i mean like i don't have i i more meant like i didn't have like a clearly defined tribe i was you know what i mean right i mean a family is a tribe yeah that's true a family is a tribe and and also you you were this was a more of a leaving episode yeah well <laughs> you there know you what go. i mean i done left you know, there's a leaving and found, and that's, I mean, that's the thing, that's the thing that I'm very curious about this podcast, because I have, I don't know if you've noticed, some trust issues. Uh, no. Or <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you're part of a thing, you leave a thing, and then, I, you know, do you just kind of, you, you either connect with individuals, you connect with a group, or you just fucking die on a rock alone, <laughs> and you're okay with that? And yeah. I was very okay with, you know, being a lone dead rock guy. <laughs> you, you know Oh, uh, Kurt Cobain yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Swish uh, But, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to Grow uh, the ideas and possibilities Before I decide You know, I'm trying to live a little Before I decide whether or not I should retire in the woods You know That's, I fucking love that, though, yeah. man It's I'm trying to say yes to shit And a lot yeah. of that has been your influence on no, me No, and watching you fucking, you know Re-engage with the world has been a really cool thing to watch. Yeah, because yeah. I think you know, we we talked about it earlier that you and me we came from very different places, but I think we ended up in a very similar situation where we're like, well, I don't trust any of this. Yeah, <laughs> and everything is bullshit, and it could all fucking go away tomorrow. So I'm not going to get too close to any of it. Yeah, and I, you know, it's it's funny. I, you know, I, this is not me trying to take an I told you so lap, but I've spent years being like. Hey, a champ, you could, you know, talk to girls and wear pants that fit, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. and, and just like, you know, em, engage with, you know, life on a positive level without being terrified of it. And, you know, you're doing that and it is really cool to see. And it does seem like. Yeah, it's been in a pretty brief window that I've been I've been doing that. But that's but what I'm saying. Though, but I'm, but you know what, though? It's not a it, you've done a little bit at a time. You know, sure. it's you will start with the shoes and none of it is changing who you are as a person or having to change your entire worldview. But it's like, OK, I'm, you know, I'm tiptoeing a little further out of the cave of my comfort zone and yeah. trying to, you know, not that there's anything wrong, I guess, with like, you know, sort of kind of drawing in and being an internal person. But yeah, if I and, and that's that's still I, I also I'm, I think no matter what, I'm always going to be that way to a degree but i'm trying to explore there's a difference between being private in between isolating because you feel trauma has made you unable to connect yeah and i think that's a difference i had to figure out yeah and i think it's something i've seen you working through a little bit as well i'm i'm trying to i'm trying to get a better grasp i'm proud of you and that's one of the reasons that's one of the reasons i'm doing this podcast to track it and get other people's opinions on this shit yeah Weirdly, weirdly enough, we're not alone <laughs> on this on this kind of sh- you no, know. no shit, yeah, yeah. Uh, what what are you, what are your plugs? <laughs> Fuck you, <laughs> Fuck you, you piece of shit. Uh, uh, of course, uh, listen to the Mean Boys podcast. Yeah, I host I host a very popular podcast called Kill Tony, uh, I'm the number one rising comedian in. <laughs> Yeah, listen to the Mean Boys with me and Tom. Uh, fucking, you know who I am. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. You don't know who I am, but... Uh, Most of them probably do. If, if you came over from Mean Boys, you get it. Yeah. If not, listen to Mean Boys. Uh, I have uh, an album on iTunes called Forever Nap. At some point, I'll have another one called Partylicious. Yeah, and uh, you're on Twitter and Instagram at Yeah, Keith all, the, all the shit at Keith Tells Jokes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, well, fucking thank, thank you again, man. Yeah, no problem. This was uh, a really, this was a really good episode. Yeah, this was. Uh, this was both very funny and uh, it, this was both very funny and very. Uh, th- yeah, this, you, you got me in some feels a couple times. <laughs> yeah, you, I got myself in some feels. You ginormous man. bit. No, yeah, I'm kidding. Whatever, <laughs> fag. <laughs> Love you, dude. Love you too, buddy. All right.